0: As the owner of the business, they are the person who's punishing, tolerating, rewarding behaviors on a day-to-day basis. And so those core values that they show up with every day really do become the standard for, for behavior in the organization.
1: Welcome to Tractionville, a podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And today, our guest is the owner of Keystone Search, Mike Frommel. Mike, welcome to Tractionville.
0: Thank you, guys. Glad to be here.
2: Mike, what is it about Search that has intrigued you for your entire career?
0: a great question, Benj. And I I, I think um, I I, I tend to be just a, a sort of student of psychology. I was a psychology major in, in college and I, I just been fascinated by human behavior. And so being in the in the people business has just been fascinating for me. I also feel like uh, helping companies to to take that next step through talent and, and helping them to get it right it's just has been really, really rewarding. And um, particularly with the, the smaller and mid sized companies that we work with, when when we can place that right executive, it really we can see the effects that individual has on the, on the business and where they can help take the business. And that's just been really gratifying over my career.
2: Mike. So you mentioned small business as your target market. What is it about that market that, you know, a lot of people get intrigued by the size or success or quantity that's offered by going after enterprise, but you've really chose to stay in that niche. Why, why are you for small businesses?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Benj. I, I, um, first, First of all, I just uh, I grew up in a small business, so I, I have a passion for for small businesses and small business owners. Um, but also, it, it's it's uh, it's really gratifying in the in the business that I'm in to be able to place an executive into a small business and see the, the you know the effect that they can have. They can really be you know that that particular executive can really be that linchpin that takes the company to the to the next stage of success. And so, it's just really gratifying to be able to to see where um, you know, what, what we do can have the kind of effect it can have on those small businesses.
2: And then tell us why or how you fell in love with EOS.
0: Yeah. So we, um, uh, we started doing EOS ourselves here all the way back in 2009 at Keystone. And I was actually fortunate to to hear Mike Payton speak at an event here in Minneapolis. And what drew me in was really that, the the focus around the core values piece. In our practice in, at Keystone, we we focus very heavily on core values and culture with our clients. And and when Mike brought up the uh, core values component of, of EOS, that really drew me in. And uh, after the presentation that he gave, of course, I went up and spoke with him and uh, I drank the Kool-Aid pretty quickly and we started doing EOS already in, at the end of 2009.
2: Okay, so one of the things you said in there is one of the things I'm most curious about you talked about for your clients, digging into core values and culture. One of the things that I've observed over my years is that CEOs, visionaries can have a very distorted view, sometimes uh, pessimistic, often way too optimistic view of their culture and um, you know, the, how well their values are, are, dug into the culture of the organization. How do you, how do you get past that surface? You know, you go, you can go interview, but at that point you only have what they tell you. How do you get past that to get to those deeper levels of, of what is this culture really?
0: Yeah, well, it really does reside in the core values. And what we believe is that the, you know, the core values of the, of the owner um, are going to dictate a lot of that culture. And so it's the, you know, the, the trick is really, like you said, getting underneath and figuring out what are the real core values that are driving the behaviors in the, in the organization. And so we spend time with the, the, the owner, the visionaries, really understanding what their core values are personally. We also have a, a tool that we use that we just call our culture blueprint, where we ask them to go through uh, uh, basically a value sort and then um and then also to sort of observe their behavior over a period of time to, to really understand what is it that's driving their behaviors. Um, as the owner of the business, they are the person who's you know punishing, tolerating, rewarding behaviors on a day-to-day basis. And so those core values that they show up with every day really do become the standard for, for behavior in the organization. And you know, we don't look at it from a standpoint of that there's there's good core values and bad core values as long as your your core values unless it's leading you to something illegal, but it's, it, you know, really about who are we, what are we, how do we want to you know, behave? How do we treat our customers? How do we treat each other? Those kinds of things uh, that we're trying to decipher in, in that core values discussion.
2: When you do that, are you just looking at, that? Is the visionary taking that assessment or do you have more of the organization involved in that process?
0: Yeah, we actually have the, the visionary go through that and then we have at least the leadership team, senior leadership team go through that and sometimes the next level down as well. So what we're looking for there is uh, not not just what are the core values, but also how how well aligned is the company around the core values? Are they, are the, is the leadership team and the other management uh, level people in the organization saying the same things that the, uh, the visionary is? And are they on the same page in terms of what our core values are? Um, what we find is actually that there's, you know, there's core values that people are striving for, and there's core values that they're really living. And, uh, you know, we have to try to get underneath that and figure out what is what is it that they're really living uh, to be able to apply it to to our search process and finding the right people.
2: So how do you apply that then on the candidate side? Is there a test or an
1: assessment?
0: Yeah, so, so actually what we do on the candidate side is that uh, we... Um, we utilize the, the same uh, tool. So we use what we call our, our candidate blueprint on that side. It's actually a values uh, sort or a values matrix that they need to go through and identify ultimately what are my six core values as a, as a person. Um, they also answer some open-ended questions on that tool as well. And then we use that in the interview process. So when I'm conducting my, my first screening interview, I will be asking them questions about their answers on, on that tool. And digging in deeper to really get uh, an understanding of how that's played out for the one in in the job and in their lives, and um, and then we carry that through with our clients as well. So making sure that the when that candidate is in front of the clients that they that the uh, in front of the company that they are also being asked behavioral based questions around the core values of the company, and and mm-hmm. so we're all putting our heads together for values piece to make sure we're we're getting to the right information.
1: So, doing that, Mike, have you had to have some tough conversations with your senior leadership team after an assessment?
0: Yes, we have. Um, I'm assuming you mean with our client senior leadership team. Correct. Is that is that where you're? Interested? We we have, um, and usually it's not a big surprise. Actually, where we'll have the conversation first will be with the with the owner to say, do you realize that you have some people. With some divergent ideas on core values and then maybe behaving in you know ways that are antithetical to your core values and and uh usually it's not a surprise um they they have at least a suspicion that some of those things are happening and then we do have conversations with the the leadership team as well to you know just to to make sure again that we're kind of coalesced around the right core values that we're going to be looking for and in, in potential candidates out there so um there's You know, every situation is a little bit different, but what we usually see is that the the, the organization is pretty well coalesced around a few of the core values, three or four, and then there's maybe another one or two that are a little bit fuzzy and we need to come back and do some massaging and make sure everybody's kind of on the same page. And sometimes it has led to the owner making some some other changes on the leadership team.
2: That's excellent. Uh, Mike, you have a special ability to speak EOS language with your customers, which is made you so successful within the eos community uh i want to dig into that and uh one of the troubles issues opportunities people have visionaries that fall in love with eos is finding that integrator partner in the the rocket fuel sense i want to dig into that i also want to dig into a special integrator search that you did if you'd let us see under the covers on that one coming to you with that in one second i want to send it over to chris chris take a second and thank our sponsors
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Traction Tools, the first officially licensed software for EOS. Much more than a meeting agenda, it is a powerful tool to help entrepreneurial streamline the six key components of their business and get the most out of EOS right out of the gate. Try it for free for 30 days. Visit www.mytractiontools.com.
2: All right, Mike, a lot of visionaries out there, they're implementing EOS, they've built that AC, they realize that they should no longer be an integrator, they show up at your doorstep, take us through the process because it seems you know, we talk about the visionary integrator as a marriage. Uh, That's a big responsibility to throw you in the middle of to, to go find that perfect match. How do you even approach something like that?
0: that's a great question I you know we really need to, to dig in and really understand the, the the business as well as the the visionary themselves because as as you know uh, there every visionary is a, is a little bit different we'd love to think that they would be all exactly as they're described in in rocket fuel um, but there's there's going to be differences from visionary to visionary and and from company to company of course so so really understanding what those key, Uniques are in, in those organizations. Is where we we have to start, and then figuring out, you know, to idea, ultimately get to that sort of puzzle piece that Mark Winters and Gino uh, described in Rocket Fuel. Um, really, kind of understanding what that, you know, the edge on the company side looks like first. So that's that's where we have to to get started.
1: What is the the is there a time frame? An ideal time frame. Um, when starting that process to look for the ideal integrator? You know, our, our
0: time fr- time frame, Chris is, is really a, a hundred days to, to from start to finish to have that uh, integrator identified. And what that means is that for the first 50 days, you know, we are out there conducting our, our search process, uh, conducting research to identify who could be the right types of candidates um, and then reaching out to those candidate, potential candidates, putting them through a screening process on our side and presenting them to the, to the, co- to the client or the company, and then walking them through an interviewing process, a three stage interview process on their side, uh, which, which takes another 50 days generally to, to get through. So, so and we're always talking about a hundred day process for mm-hmm. finding an integrator.
2: Where are the integrators hiding? Where do you go? Look, <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: That's a great question. I, I, they're they're hiding in plain sight. They, um, so, you know, I, I happen to believe that the integrator, uh, I've been recruiting for my whole career, as you mentioned earlier, 30 years, uh, more than I care to admit these days. But I believe that the integrator skill sets um, are the, the most rare set of skills in the business world. They are the toughest people to, to find and identify out there because they really have to be Strategic and high level, they have to have a lot of horsepower. Mentally, uh, they have to have be strong leaders, and they have to be able to work next to to visionaries. And so, um, where they're hiding, they're they're. Um, it's hard to say exactly, you know, one particular place, but they're in they're in other organizations um, and are generally going to be successful and be you know rock stars for somebody else. And so, it's it's important that you're going out there and looking at. Uh, finding potential candidates in other places—they're—they're they're generally going to be gainfully employed somewhere else, and so you have to have a way to be able to pull them away from from where they are um, to bring them into your organization.
1: You know, we have a lot of unique language in the U.S., right? And and one of the unique words is integrator. You know, we don't call it COO, CEO. We call it integrator when is there any confusion around that word when and when do it conducting a search?
0: Yes, I think there is some some confusion around the the word integrator certainly, you know uh, people who aren't familiar with the OS are, are not going to understand that that language. Um, but I think that probably the most typical kinds of titles that, that make sense for for an integrator role, or that president or COO kind of role, and and when I say COO, I mean chief operating officer, not necessarily chief operations officer. So mm. uh, those two titles are typically what what translate kind of best out there to to people in in the non EOS companies um, as far as the type of role that it is. I think about that chief operating officer as operating versus operations because operating. Indicates that you have top-line responsibilities in the organization as well. So you're leading the sales and market, leading those sales and marketing functions along with the operation, operations and finance. Yeah, that's
1: a that's a good differentiation. So Mike, I want to transition our conversation into a a, a recent high-profile integrator um, that you found, and uh, that's Kelly Knight for EOS Worldwide. And, uh, you know, uh, she is a wonderful person. She's an amazing integrator. Um, can you kind of share with the Tractionville community your search that led to placing Kelly Knight at US Worldwide?
0: Sure. I'd be glad to share it, Chris. Um, we, yes, we were fortunate to, to be able to work with, uh, with Gina Wickman and Don Tinney and, and Mike Payton and, and to, you know, identifying and, and hiring Kelly Knight onto EOS Worldwide. Um, the process that we went through, you know, there were some key things, of course, that we were looking for on the front end. One of those being that that you know the person needed to be located in Detroit, and so our process, um, we were looking for people who were in that general vicinity in the region, or uh, were willing to to relocate to, to the Detroit area. Um, but we looked at a at a number of potential candidates out there, and that starts with just a research process to identify and who we think may have the, may have the qualifications based upon their, their title and the the industries that they're in and so forth. And, and so Kelly, in that early phase, Kelly was part of a, you know, 500 or 600, you know, kinds of profiles that we looked at and ultimately reached out to a couple hundred of those. Um, and then interviewed, I believe I interviewed uh, 19 people uh, on my screening interviews for that particular process. And, um, and in interviewing Kelly, she wasn't coming from an industry that I necessarily thought was going to be a, a, a close fit. Uh, as you said, she came from a financial uh, services background. But, but when, we, when we met and I, I got a chance to talk with Kelly and understand the role that she had played in the company she was in, she was in the financial services company where she was supporting independent financial advisors around the country. And she was part of the headquarters operation that was based there in Detroit. And so, you know, there, there were some connections right away in terms of the industry model and how that fit with the OS worldwide. Um, from there, it came down to, you know, her, just her, her skill set and track record in leading people and uh, having that strategic mindset, understanding, you know, how to strategically lead across the business and, um, and how to get things done. Uh, anybody... Who knows? Kelly will tell you that right right up front that uh, you get stuff done, and that's that's what I hear all the time when I talk to uh, uh, to Mike Payton and, and Gino about uh, how Kelly's doing. Is she gets a lot done. Um, so so that's how the the process sort of in short went. Um, it was obviously a very thorough process to get to the to get to that end, and a lot of steps that we walked through to to identify Kelly overall. But
1: um, I'm curious, kind of- were you able to? Did you find her? within that 100-day time frame,
0: We did. In fact, um, it was a little bit less than that because we had sort of a compressed time frame. we were working with, with, uh, with Don Tenney's eventual retirement and, and some, some changes that were happening in the organization. So uh, we, we were a little bit shorter than that, although I don't want to tell the rest of the world that uh, we can always do it in less than 100 days.
2: <laughs> Better to be right than fast. That's right. Yeah, That's it's right. such a
1: critical role right nobody nobody neither side wants to have a misfire
2: do uh owner entrepreneur visionaries often get uh a second thought before pulling the trigger even once they've got the right person or once it's obvious then it's obvious and they're all in um
0: that's a great question i hadn't really thought about that before i think that you know when they go through a a thorough process of, you know, multiple interviews and having multiple people involved, and sometimes even their outside consultants involved in the process, I think they feel pretty comfortable and that the person that they choose is going to be successful. Um, I think there's always though, that, that little bit of trepidation, especially if it's the first time they, they've had an integrator because they, they do have to let go of the vine to a certain extent. Um, and that's, that's a bit scary. Um, But I think if if they spend enough time, uh, which we help our clients to do, spending enough time really evaluating at a deep level these these candidates before they come in the door, they're they're pretty confident in the person's abilities.
1: That's good. I want to roll back a little bit to the conversation around core values because I'm interested in when you decided to implement EOS and you brought mike payton in as your implementer did you already have established core values at keystone
0: we did yes um when we found when i founded the company in 2002 i really wanted to be better at the cultural fit component than anyone else and that's where i sort of put our flag in the sand and so uh we were very strong in, in terms of identifying our core values and living by our core values and helping our clients do the same. So we were already doing that piece. Um, obviously when, when Mike came in and worked with us, there was a lot more in EOS that, that we brought on when he came, came mm-hmm. in, but we were uh, pretty solidly in, in the core value space. already.
1: And so, so you, did you allow Mike to challenge Your core values, because you know how on focus day, uh, you know, we do the accountability chart, scorecard rocks, and then you get into the vision building sessions where we go to the VTO and the first thing is core values, right? Uh, Did you do an exercise to just reaffirm that we nailed them? Or did you say, you know what, we've nailed them. We don't need to do any polishing. We're going to move on.
0: Um. My recollection is that we actually did do a, a review, and uh, we may have even tweaked them slightly. I don't know that we, you know, tweaked the actual kind of headers of the core values, but mm-hmm. I think we we changed a little bit around how we described those core values, and you know, just got even more clear uh, with with Mike's help. So I I, I do remember that we uh, we reevaluated a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, just to make sure. Well, Mike, we uh, we like to end every podcast with asking our guest a couple of questions. And the, the first one is if if it's Friday afternoon, right? It's four fifty five, you're getting ready to close your office. When you look back on the week that you just completed, how do you know if you had a good week?
0: It's a great question. And I would say, if if we feel like we're, you know, moving somehow, moving our clients' businesses forward, mm-hmm. I feel like we've had a good week.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, is that instinctual? Is it something that you're measuring on a scorecard?
0: I wish I could say we had a me- way to measure that on a scorecard. Maybe I should look into that a little bit further. But I uh, yeah. think if uh, so, no, we're not measuring that on a scorecard. But but as I look back and I say if if, if we you know advanced our our client companies businesses that's that's when we've had a good
1: week uh, in
0: some way shape
1: sure sure okay second question uh it you're giving a keynote address to the ever expanding Tractionville community and you're at the end of your keynote and you've got about a minute to wrap up. What's the message that you want to share with our Tractionville community? What do you want to say to them?
0: I would say that, uh, you know, the, the integrator role, if done right, can truly create rocket fuel in your business. That if if you find that right match, um, that it is amazing what can happen to your company. And, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean explosive growth in terms of, of revenue or profit or size. Um, whatever success means to you, um, you know, you can get that by having that right, that right mix there between the visionary and the integrator. And then I think what cascades underneath that is then making sure you have the right team in place all across the board, which the integrator can really help you do. So I think that would be what I would share. Nice.
2: Mike, tell us who should ca- call you and how to get a hold of you.
0: Well, primarily we're working with with visionaries. Uh, we do also, you know, from time to time we're talking with uh, senior level HR folks and so forth that are calling us in regards to hiring an integrator. We do. We work with exclusively with privately held companies. We have a, a specialty practice in working with the US, so we are integrator. Specialist experts. Uh, we also do some visionary roles as well. We've done a few visionary searches as well. We have uh, 17 years, almost 18 years now of, of helping privately held companies hire the senior most talent in their organizations. And uh, and that's all we do.
2: Where do they find you?
0: You can find us at uh, www.keystonesearch.com.
2: Perfect. And
0: on our website, but we, on our website, we have a particular EOS-related page, and we uh, actually have uh, something out there that uh, anyone can come in and download that's, that's called our integrator framework, where we have taken the, uh, the big nuggets from, from rocket fuel and really kind of broken that down into some smaller bite-sized chunks uh, so that it, uh, anyone can really look at you know, that potential integrator that's sitting across from them and really be able to evaluate is this the right integrator for, for us. Um, So find that on our website as well.
2: That sounds like an awesome resource. Uh, Mike, I would pump you up and give you some credibility, but you hiring the integrator for EOS Worldwide is about as good as it gets. So thank you. Thank you for sharing with our audience. Tractionville, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you rate us, subscribe, and as always, share with a friend. We would love to also hear your ideas. You can share them with us at tractionvillepodcast.com. And we release an episode every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday.